You're listening to the Ali at UNT Alumni Spotlight Series, presented by the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at UNT and the UNT Alumni Association. The Alumni Association is open to all friends of UNT who are interested in serving, supporting, and celebrating the university. To learn more, visit untalumni.com. To learn more about Ali at UNT, visit olli.unt.edu or send us an email at olli at unt.edu. Now let's join our host, Ali at UNT Advisory Council Vice President, Susan Supak. This is Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas, known to most of us as Ollie at UNT. This episode spotlights UNT alumnus Russell Cruz. Russell is president and chief executive officer of CC Young, a preeminent senior living community in Dallas and the newest location to partner with Ollie at UNT, offering courses to adults 50 and better throughout the Dallas area. Prior to joining CC Young, Russell worked in public accounting with a focus on SEC reporting companies and bond and equity financing. He also served as the chief financial officer of a public staffing company. Russell, a CPA, received a Master of Business Administration in Finance from UNT, a Master of Arts in Economics from Southern Methodist University, and holds CASP designation as a certified aging services professional. Russell has served on the boards of several for-profit and not-for-profit organizations. Russell joined CC Young as Chief Financial Officer in 2008 and was promoted to President and Chief Executive Officer in July 2013. He led the impressive $54 million fundraising campaign for the Overlook and the $130 million fundraising for the Vista. Welcome to the podcast, Russell. Thank you. It's great to have you here. It's good to be here. I just took a tour of your amazing property here at CC Young. It's quite impressive and beautiful. I'm glad you enjoyed it. you have any idea how many acres we have? No. How many acres do you have? Take a wild guess. Oh, you dear. You just walked. 20 acres. 20. <laughs> a lot of people that haven't been on our campus before, don't realize what's behind the gate. Really? Something. They've been around this Lakewood area for a long time, and they don't realize what a jewel we have inside the campus. I can tell you really enjoy being here. What I led did. you here? What? Tell me a little bit about the path you took to get here. C.C. Young had lost their chief financial officer to another opportunity, and we were in the midst of doing a new financing, which was for the Overlook, which was the $54 million financing you were talking about. They thought they needed some help in getting this over the goal line. And I had taken off a few years after being a public company CFO, because that's pretty stressful. Yeah. I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. And I thought I could come here and just help them through that financing and then figure out something to do after that. And when I got here... I really enjoyed it, and it was different from what I'd been accustomed to in the for-profit world. And we had a mission and a vision for benevolence and taking care of people, and it just was something I hadn't experienced before. And it really pulled me into it. And then my predecessor 
unfortunately contracted lung cancer. Oh, dear. It just moved into me, moving into the president CEO role, and I've just never wanted to leave. You have a CASP designation as a certified aging services professional. What drew you to get that designation? I just wanted to have some of the background in senior living that I didn't have when I came here because I never had anything experience in healthcare, not-for-profit, senior living. I didn't have any of that experience. I was just trying to be a sponge and absorb everything I could. How is that different, the not-for-profit and the for-profit? One of the ways I explain it to our new employees in orientation is I'll ask them, who do you think owns C.C. Young? And they'll look at me with a blank face, and I'll tell them, who do you think? And they'll come out with Methodists, employees, board of directors, and I'll tell them, well, nobody. Mm. Nobody owns it. It's just a legal entity. Therefore, we don't have people that we share profits with. And so then what do you think we do with our profits? And they're not sure. And I said, well, we reinvest it back into our mission. Nice. And that's really the difference between a for-profit and a not-for-profit. A for-profit has owners, has shareholders. They invest money. They want a return. At some point, they probably want the money back. But we don't have that. Our profits are solely to benefit what we do. And what we do is take care of senior residents, and we try to optimize their care. And so a for-profit senior living company may look to how to optimize their profits with different levels of care. So they may offer assisted living and memory support because that's where they think they can make the most money. But we offer all the different levels of care, independent living, assisted living, memory support, skilled nursing, home health hospice, because we believe that's the best way to take care of the resident, not the best way to make a profit. We have to make a profit, even though we're called not-for-profit, you have to make a profit or you're it's, going out of business. It isn't for loss. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we have to make a profit, but we have to do it. We want to do it in a compassionate way. Sure. And that's the big difference is we look at how to take care of our resident as opposed to how to make the most profit. Do you find that a lot of your residents come in at one of the areas on your property and then move along into others? They do, and that's the whole concept behind what we do. We're a continuing care retirement community, which means we have that full continuum of care. So we have many people that start an independent living, and then they'll transition through our continuum of care. They can go to assisted living, or they may go from independent living to memory support. They could go from independent living to skilled nursing, long-term care. But yes, that's really the concept behind what we do. That's terrific. I, it, things are changing so much. I know we're beginning to redefine what it means to age, definitely. And I think general perceptions of what it means to be a senior citizen are changing, especially uh, as much of our population is getting to be a senior citizen. I mean, certainly for me, as I get older, I'm looking at people that I used to think were much older as being pretty darn young. So to put that in perspective, the oldest baby boomer generation is around 75, approximately. Our average age on our campus is 82. So we have some baby boomers on our campus, but not too many yet. But they're coming like a freight train. They the demographics are, are overwhelming. So we're getting ready to be inundated with baby boomers that we don't really have yet. I see, too, with people getting older, 
it's been redefined now in terms of becoming more revitalized, not just aging and declining, but aging and having an opportunity to focus more on ourselves, our interests. Yes. So one of the things I always tell our new residents when they move in is, I hope you didn't come to CC Young to retire. Yes. Because I think you took a tour of our point building today, and that's really the hub of our life enrichment. And a lot of communities don't have a dedicated resource like we have to life enrichment. If you look at our lifestyle guide, it's pages and pages and pages of life enrichment opportunities that are stimulating. And when we had the opportunity to add Ollie to what we do here, because arts and education have always been a huge emphasis of what we want to promote for our resident life enrichment on our campus. And Ollie just fit in so well. We were so excited <laughs> to be able to move we into that and add that to our in essence, our yeah. curriculum of life enrichment, it's just been fantastic. Well, study after study has shown that when people engage in lifelong learning, it helps their brains. It helps them in so many ways to stay uh, alert and active and helps with memory and all sorts of things. And that's really what draws our new residents to move to CC Young, are those opportunities. Because they can do most of what we do at their home and you know a home is our biggest competition it's not other senior living oh is that right facilities it's a home because a lot of people don't want to move they just don't want to leave their home whether it's a better environment for them or not they just they just for whatever reason they want to downsize they want to go through that process and so we have to really compete against homes but once we do and it's almost hundred percent, but within three to six months, our new residents will say, I don't know why I waited so long. And then they'll start calling CC Young their home. That's nice. And that's when I know we've been successful because when they feel like it's their home, mm -hmm. then we've done the, we've done the right thing. And then they start referring friends and family to move yeah. here because they love it so much. They want other people they know. And we, that's how we get many of our new residents at CCO. Well, I can understand the feeling of not wanting to move. However, isolation yes. and loneliness yes. and lack of social interaction yes. will age a person in a heartbeat Yes, physically, yes. mentally, Which psychologically. Which is why they ultimately do move and leave their yeah. home because it is. It's isolating and it's a challenging environment. Yeah, definitely. And they want the sense of community that we provide. Because yeah. our residents love to take care of each other. They, they are truly a family, a community. So not in addition to just our CC Young team, but it's the other residents on our campus looking out for each other and sure. wanting to help each other. It's just, it is a giant loving community. It's an important facet of, of life and aging well, aging with quality. Certainly. And dignity. And dignity. Yes. And finding a passion. I mean, I find that many people, as I get older, may even discover new talents they never knew that they had or interests that they so, never knew they had. Of interest, it was about probably eight or nine years ago. I had a, one of our female residents approach me about she didn't think there was enough for the men on campus to do. You know... In senior living, generally, there's going to be 
70 to 80% female, and the balance is male. And so a lot of the life enrichment has been really driven around females. And she felt like we just didn't have enough to stimulate the males. So what did you come up with? So I reluctantly agreed <laughs> for a wood shop. Ah, okay. And we have, if you look at that hat, you see what it says on it? Ah, there is a hat that says Woody's, Woody's. behind me. And the Woodies are a group, and there are some women in the group, but it's primarily men, that had done woodworking prior to being here. And they're in their 80s and 90s, and they're using power tools. And I have to tell you, I was extremely nervous. Yeah. Because they're not as stable as they used to be, and I was concerned someone could get hurt. And so it took me a little while to kind of get through and over that. And we developed some safety training and cameras and some pendants in case someone ever had an accident. We could respond quickly. It's been the best thing maybe we've ever done. One of them. And they've got a wood shop. They're there all the time. They make all these fabulous items that we resell in retail shops. And nice. Frost Bank buys them from us for their Christmas gifts. And they're extremely talented. We just used them at a fundraising event we had um, Tuesday called Wrap It Up at the Northwood Country Club. We gave everybody a one of our Woody's fabulous charcuterie boards. Mm. Everybody loves them. Well, I just did my first wood project with Ollie. Mm -hmm. They offered a class to make a yo-yo, and I planed the wood, I drilled the wood, I cut the wood, I did that. What is that, wood turning? Yeah. Like a lathe? I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I figured I it's my son's Christmas gift. I figure a yo-yo from mom, you can't get much can't better that. than that, right? Exactly. I'm with you. <laughs> but this wood shop has turned out to be great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I was surprised to learn that C.C. Young was founded in 1922, 100 yes. years. Happy we birthday. We are celebrating our centennial this year. That's great. That's great. I mean, that's quite an established history and caring. And... Retirement communities today are vastly different, I'm sure, than the ones we experienced through all that progression of 100 years, certainly, but even maybe 20 years or more. Can you talk about the differences in that and what has changed? I think the biggest change has been what residents expect from their experience in a senior living community. I think I've got 15 years experience, but I think prior to that, there wasn't a lot of expectations. It was just, it's a place to live. I can get a meal. There wasn't a lot outside of that. There was very distinct boundaries between people that lived in an independent living as opposed to a skilled nursing you were in skilled nursing, you were really bad off, and there wasn't much assisted living and memory support. That was just kind of starting to emerge more. And now it's blending more together. So when I first started at CC Young, it was rare to see a wheelchair or a walker in independent living. Now it's rare not to. I mean, yeah, it, it's 
changed significantly in that it's it's very blurry on who's what anymore and there's been more of an emphasis on aging in place meaning an age in IL longer or AL longer so the length of time in the more advanced levels of care is shortening and the length of time in the other care levels is lengthening. That's good to hear. So I mean I, I think that's really a lot of the change and then life enrichment there wasn't really life enrichment mm -hmm. now we have an extensive array of life enrichment i mean that's really what we focus on on our campus is how to ensure their lives are enriched every day and give them opportunities to explore different aspects of their lives they've never experienced before potentially we mentioned about how many people in our population are getting older. And there's such a difference in people who are older now. And I said before about the concepts that I held myself, and I'm throwing out the term ageism here. I think some people still have that idea of older people not being as smart, not being as active, you know, you name it. I actually have a dance instructor who's 84 years old, and I'm pretty impressed with that. I would love to come up with a better term than senior. We would too. We just don't know what it is. I don't know what it <laughs> is either. Let's think on so, that. So to that point, we had a resident, his name was Orville Rogers, and he had been a Braniff pilot, and at age 50, he had developed a heart issue, and he went to the Cooper Clinic, and Dr. Cooper got him on a running regimen. And he started running at age 50. And he ran until he was 100. Oh, my and goodness. And he was winning medals for his age group, world records every time. I mean, every time he ran, he'd get a world record because, you know, when you're 98, not, not too many people <laughs> running. He didn't run marathons but at that still. point, but he ran, you know, three and five Ks, which... That's pretty impressive to me. And one day I saw him at our one of our lobby doors, and he had a handful of medals. And I walked up and said, hey, Orville, how are you doing? And he was down. I said, Orville, I never see you down. What's wrong? He goes, well, I lost one of my races to a guy that never beats me. And he's three years younger than me. Oh, dear. And I just, I, I just, I just don't want that to happen again. I said, well, I'm sure it won't <laughs> with your with your energy. And he ran until he was 100. He drove a red Camaro until oh he was goodness. 100. He still could wear his World War II uniform, and it fit perfectly. It was unbelievable. <laughs> That's, that is inspirational. Do you find much ageism in the industry, or do you think the industry is changing as, as a whole? I don't think there's much ageism in the industry per se. I think that's pretty well outside. Outside of the industry. It certainly is in the not-for-profit area. Mm -hmm. The not-for-profits, I don't think that's... It's good to hear. ...an issue. That's great. I don't think we've ever really had that. So. We, we promote it. <laughs> yeah. That's, what, that's why we're here. Yeah, yeah. Well, caregiving and making decisions for an older family member can be pretty difficult. Uh, there can be a lot involved in that. 
it can be overwhelming, actually. What's your advice for listeners as to how to prepare for a retirement community like C.C. Young for themselves or for a loved one? Well, one of the, I think, benefits, or maybe maybe the only benefit out of the COVID-19 pandemic was I think a lot of families learned how challenging it was to be a caregiver. And they tried to do what we do and realized that's tough. It is. And it's it's almost overwhelming. And so I think a lot of families have now come back to the importance and relevance of senior living communities and what really purpose and benefit they serve. And that's one of the changes I think we've seen over time is there's more family involvement. In the older days, there wasn't a lot of family involvement. It'd be the husband or the wife or husband and wife, and they're kind of just doing everything on their own. Mm-hmm. Well, now there's a lot more family involvement. They're getting more involved in the decision-making and touring the facilities and wanting to be more engaged that we didn't used to have. So I think that's one of the big changes. And I think the best advice for a family member that I can give is educate yourself. Because a lot of families don't fully understand or grasp the benefits of hospice. Yes. And there's a stigma with hospice that if you put a loved one on hospice, you just sign their death warrant. And that's really not, that's not it. And so we'll sometimes have someone that gets on hospice and they'll pass away the next day. And you know what that really means? They waited too long. Yeah. Because they they lost the benefit of hospice because they either were in denial or they just couldn't come to grips with that aspect of where their loved one is. And so also one of the challenges we have is getting families to understand their parents are going to age And at some point, they probably will need to move out of independent living. And that is difficult to come to grips with, and particularly if they need memory support. Because we're here, we're with them every day, we see everything going on, and they come in, and sometimes they see, have a conversation for 10 minutes. And the parent seems fine, and they are for 10 minutes. But the rest of the day, they're struggling, they're challenged, the environment's not best for them. It's not conducive for their for their enrichment. And memory support is more conducive. And they, they just, if the more education they can get about different aspects of senior living and the different levels of care, the better it will be for them to come through this journey with their loved ones. And to be able to not feel guilty or not feel yeah. stressed and to rely yeah. on professionals. Because I know that's important. I know you have a lot of people here, a lot of different professionals and all kinds of people that are used to different aspects of aging. How would you differentiate C.C. Young from, say, your competition? One, we're not-for-profit, and that's a difference, Mm -hmm. like I've discussed earlier, between the for-profits. And then we're a faith-based community, and we don't have a specific faith, but just faith as a concept is important on our campus. And so you'll sense that here. I think our residents love that about what we do. I think they make it makes them feel like we're compassionate and caring and 
We're not here just to make a buck. And it's, it's just an important aspect of what we do. Life enrichment is enormous here. I mean, that's our focus. That's why we have a building like The Point that's dedicated to life enrichment. That's all that building is. It's theater and classrooms and auditorium and it's where the Ollie classes are presented and broadcast and we have fitness areas and it's all about life enrichment for residents. I mean, most communities don't have that. And another aspect that we're able to bring to our community is community outreach. So some communities try to do what we do in our point building in their residential buildings, because that is the only building on our campus that no one lives in. That is nobody's home. Every other building is somebody's home. And that's one of the things I have to talk to our new team about is, look, every building on our campus is somebody's home, and you need to treat it with the respect and dignity you would want in your home. Not your home, but it's somebody's home. But the point is nobody's home. So we can do community outreach and we can bring, before COVID, we were bringing in like 3,000 guests a month wow. that can come in and take advantage of our programming for seniors at no charge or it's just nominal. So we get a lot of guests on our campus that benefit, see what CC Young's all about. And most of our competitors don't really have a resource that lets them do that because residents don't like people coming into their home they don't know. I mean, that that's just a challenge. I mean, most people don't. And so these are homes. All these buildings are homes. They're not office buildings. They're not warehouses. They're, they're homes. Right. And when you bring people into their homes, they don't know that that's friction. That's a challenge. It's not that they don't like people. It's just that's not comfortable for them. Sure, I can but understand The point that. allows us to do that. So that's another part that makes our campus very vibrant in that we get different perspectives and different people from out in the community that come in and participate in all we do here. So, I think one of our most attractive aspects of our campus is our proximity to White Rock Lake. So we have residents that have beautiful views of the lake and they're elevated and with the zoning around the lake, you really can't get those anywhere around the lake except where we are. So our residents, even some that can't get over to the lake, still get to benefit from looking at the lake, which is a great thing so that they're not left out of enjoying White Rock Lake. So our location is just the best, I believe, in North Texas. <laughs> it is a beautiful view. I will vouch for that. Are there things that people should be aware of as consumers of senior services and residents of senior communities? Are there some red flags? Are there certain things that people should attend to when they're thinking about that? I think you want to understand the staffing levels that are provided. I, th I think the for-profit communities run leaner than not-for-profits. So we don't necessarily try to make an extra buck by cutting out a life enrichment or a activities person or or cutting back on a dining aspect or oh no don't cut back on no, good food no we don't <laughs> want to do that so i mean that that's part of it i mean i think stable leadership one of the biggest benefits i think we have is we're not owned by some big corporation that's who knows where. All the decisions that CC Young are made at CC Young. We have a board of directors. 
We have a management team and we just do what's best for the residents. We don't have to go get approval from somebody in New York or Chicago or Los Angeles or wherever they are. It's all right here. And a lot of the communities aren't that way. They don't have that ability to do it as rapidly as we can make the best decisions for the residents. And they may not do it at all because there's some corporate environment that's dictating here's your minimum margins this is the return we need and we don't have that and that's a that's a huge difference one last question according to the national institute on aging you mentioned the baby boomers according to them today there are more americans over the age of 65 than at any other time in the history and as you say that train is coming more and more baby boomers are reaching an age where they are retiring and they need a facility like this, a property like this. Where would you like to see progress being made to enhance the quality of life for our older population? Affordable housing for seniors. Oh, that's a great answer. <laughs> it is going to be a massive challenge because when you have all the buildings we have and the number of employees we have, there's a price point that some people cannot afford. Right. And the only way to bring that price point down is to get rid of buildings and get rid of people. And then you don't have what you have. So strategically, we've always been challenged and looking for ways to provide more affordable housing for seniors. And one of the things that makes us different at CC Young is we're not just a high-end provider. We try to have multiple price points to increase the demographics that are capable of living on our campus. Not every community does that, but we've always had that as one of our primary strategic objectives. And in 2009, we opened a facility called Umfrist Terrace that was designed for uh, affordable housing. Nice. And we were only able to do that with a grant from HUD. They bought, they paid the building, and they subsidize us what we lose every month between what you collect in rent, which is 30% of a resident's income, compared to what it costs to operate the units, which is substantially more, and they subsidize that. And so we were thinking, you know, that might be one way we could expand our mission for affordable housing. But then in 2010, federal government shut all that HUD financing down, so we haven't had an opportunity since, which is unfortunate. Our campus is in Pleasant Grove. There's always a waiting list. It's 53 apartments. It's only independent living, but the residents love it there. It's so well-maintained. It's a beautiful property, but that's the only one we could do. <laughs> and so affordable housing is going to be an, a massive challenge for seniors. And something that I think needs people need to be aware of. So thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. I thank you also for joining us. This has been terrific. It's really good. I know you have a busy schedule. And thank you for taking the time to speak to well, us. You're welcome. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much. This has been Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas with C.C. Young, CEO and President Russell Cruz. Thanks for listening. The Ollie at UNT podcast is recorded and edited by Susan Supak and produced by me, Jordan Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, check out our previous interviews and subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. 
To receive email notifications about each new episode, join our email list at olli.unt.edu slash podcast.